This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. Welcome to Manawatu Conversations, recollections of the past and sometimes opinions about the future. Today we have with us... Iola Hegarty, Alison Milden. And I'm Stuart Burks. Now, Iola and Alison, both of you have had an active interest in local policy issues and local government. Yes, we have, and I think that as this is the year where we um, re-elect our councillors to... You don't necessarily re-elect them, you're oh, electing oh, to uh, elect No, definitely, yes, yes, I'm sorry, where we now get to choose who we would like to represent us at council, that we maybe need to look at some issues of the past and issues that, um, you know, how they've affected us. But also I think that there's been some changes with COVID which I think have been quite real, maybe shown up some well, shortcomings. Changes in, for local government. Well, okay. well, just shown up some shortcomings in the policies and things that we've had previously. Such as? Well, mainly um, support for um, people. And when we have these, um, what I'm almost calling a disaster. I've, COVID is the disaster, you mean? COVID's a disaster. Okay. Yes, but um, it did make me look at what was our emergency plans for all sorts of disasters and I was actually quite disappointed in what I saw as um, the local uh, um, response. So what what responsibilities does local government have for something like COVID? Well, I think when we look at exactly what it was that was done by volunteer groups like distribution of food and things, I think that could have definitely been done better or more timely um, with good interventions by local government but all the time it seemed to me that they were just shaking their heads and saying who's going to pay for this? is local government set up for that? Is it part of its brief? As to, there's a question of what powers have been delegated to local government as opposed to, say, civil defence, or I don't know if they're responsible, well, or your charity structure. That is civil defence is part of local government, but okay. part of local government, very much so, is community wellbeing. Hmm. And uh, that's where I see that there does seem to be that we've become much more corporate um, in our thinking at um, local body level, rather than um, what I'd like to see more. You like more of a market-based sort of structure, do you? Mm. No, Stuart, no, Stuart. (laughs) What I really do want to see is that there are more streamlined methods of delivering um, Mm. services to people at need, rather than, I actually found it quite offensive that people actually had to apply to say, look, we're in dire straits and we need things, there should, in my view, just be automatic things placed well, we, there. You mean we, sh- we should have a listing of people who will be in need or you supply things to everybody because that way you'll catch the no, people? I'm not saying there. supply to everybody, but I think we definitely need much better um, contact with those who might be in need. Now, I'm basing my argument, Stuart, on yeah. I went to a workshop some years ago 
where we had different um, communities talking about how they had set up in the event of tsunami or all these other earthquakes that what they had done. Palmerston North seemed really not quite up with the play as I saw places like Tauranga. Do do you think Palmerston North fears a tsunami? (laughs) (laughs) Come up the river. (laughs) Okay. In Tauranga, they had identified all, every single, what they saw was a vulnerable person and they had made sure that there was... A and they have to review this every They year, reviewed it years, annually, annually, yeah. yes, that they had reviewed what it was. So how did they identify vulnerable people? I'm the privacy so issues on glad it? you asked that question, Stuart, because, of course, a vulnerable person is actually someone without a cell phone. Without a cell phone? Without a cell phone. You are a vulnerable person. So if I want special help, I throw away my cell phone. In Tauranga. No, we would, if once you were been identified not owning one, we would make sure that there was a method whereby you were in contact with that technology should there ever be a cell Oh, you mean so they made sure, and then there's no they, vulnerable people because they all have cell phones. That's exactly right. So you give out the cell phones and they say, I'd rather sell this and get some beer down the road. You give them another cell phone? Well, you know, we are talking about Tauranga and, uh, you know, so it's different um, Different people would have different um, views of what was important, I think, rather than alcohol or the cell phone, but... Yes. Well, perhaps you could say it's a start. It's a definitely it's a start. The, the or, or maybe probably some of these community networks, rather than local authority officials, might be in better contact with the members of the community. Well, be a better way to get through to them. It's just that our um, local government has this social contract with us as part of what they are. So we can then turn around and say, well, it's your responsibility, so we'll leave it to you and blame you if it doesn't work. Well, you have to supply us with water. You have to supply us with to take away our, our waste products. You well, it's been doing that through yes, COVID. Yes, yeah, but that's, that's also part of you. So why shouldn't it, if those... We could actually discuss that. If those things fail, just how quickly does local government have to get them up and running again? Well, you sound like you have the answer to that. <laughs> Almost immediately, yeah. for health reasons, and yeah. as yeah. we would all understand. But, um, yes, there's certainly... I, I just felt that um, COVID showed that there was just some little things yeah. that weren't quite as I would have yeah. thought would be done. Yeah. Well, we have some complex issues, though, here, because one of the concerns with, with COVID was, for example... Uh, Maori and Polynesian communities and saying the standard authorities can't get through to them as well as Maori or Polynesian community groups or other institutions. So is it local authorities' responsibility or are there better networks? For instance, uh, it doesn't cover the whole population, but say churches, they have their own congregations and links to the community 
with close contact with people who know each other and so on. So maybe that's a more effective way for some of these things. I would absolutely agree, particularly with Pacifica, because the you know the church is really really important um, to them, and they certainly did come. They were they were first off the block. Um, here in Palmerston North and um, getting their communities food and um, uh, yeah, supplies that, that was needed. Yeah. But, yeah, and I, they give the right sort of food, whereas local authority yeah. might give the wrong food for some of the people from different ethnic backgrounds. And different well, certainly local authority that. wasn't supplying KFC. Ah, yeah. Or... Uh, what, is that what the Pacific community was doing? I would not say that, Stuart. <laughs> but I think that, no, it's, it's just local communities are, are probably all the same. We all need flour, we all need sugar, we all need mm. those basic staples. But I, I was impressed, whereas I did get the feeling that... Um, council was just looking who was going to pay for it and um yeah and uh, yeah I, I, that didn't sit well, well with it me it is a problem isn't it if they were just to hand it out and people turn around and said well have you thought about how this is going to be funded wouldn't that put the politicians on the spot I, they say you should have thought this through i actually um felt that the way um the government was acting that it would not have been a problem they would have preferred you to act and then we'll sort that out. So, so was there a problem with delivery of food to people? As I understand it, once it got started, um, because of all the community groups that came yeah. in, that that was much more effective than mm. um, relying on council. Uh, well, maybe council. that's a better uh, way to go then. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, I wonder, perhaps, if you're saying not so much that they should be doing it, but that they should have a framework in place to make sure this yes. can happen. And, and that's actually what this um, workshop I went to, where Tauranga t- t- talked about vulnerable communities. And I admit, at the time, we were all surprised that a vulnerable community was identified by not mm. having a cell phone, because certainly other communities identified mm. their vulnerable people with a different standard, yeah, because you could argue sometimes suited. people yeah. online can yeah. have the cell yeah. phones and things, but yeah. don't have other necessities. Whereas for, um, say, a place like Shannon, or that, that would be much more word of mouth, or even flag waving, or something mm. that would indicate that um, you you had a problem there. Well, they, there. they are talking now with with Omicron coming in a matter yeah. of sort of check with your neighbours and yes. so on and get these local networks so that you've got the. The contact, which is probably a, a more effective way than something. If the danger, once you start saying it's this authority's responsibility, yes. people say, "Well, it's not mine anymore," and we'll leave it to. I absolutely them. agree with that. But Stuart, we have a population now that actually does, in my view, only look to the authorities before they'll take some action. Yes, yeah, so you should reinforce this. Uh, by no, I th- I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm very much Maybe ha- well, as you said, though, if it if the authorities weren't doing it this time and the community groups stepped up, maybe that's positive. Yes, but I, I do believe that we should all take responsibility for ourselves. But for a lot of people, yes, that's probably not possible. 
Yeah. Now, uh, I think the what did come out of this workshop was that we actually do need could, to... Could you, when was the workshop and oh, what was it's, it? It's, yeah. It was all about um, civil defence and mapping. Okay. Mapping our communities. Yeah. So that... Um, if you're an authority, well, that local body levels or government levels, that you actually do know what your so communities are. With no privacy issues, because you know, that's the other side of this, isn't it? You could have very detailed information about your community, but then what about privacy? Well, is that... Uh, and some that fall between the cracks because they're highly mobile or no-stable homes, and those true. are the most vulnerable often. So you could have a system, yeah. but it's not picking up those most in need. Well, that's where the idea of um, having people with disabilities as a particular vulnerable group, but mm. um, all those other issues that arise because mm. you, you may not be mobile... Mm. Mm. Well, you may not even have well, either not skills. mobile or people who are highly yeah. mobile and yeah. they're yes. to keep yeah. track of them. Yeah, so the, uh, there was, was lots of um, issues about what your community was about. Yeah. The privacy issue was sort of discussed in... It's major in relation to health. Should you have a yeah. national health database and who can access it and so on? Yes. Even, even with the COVID monitoring and stuff, the, the idea that the, the app that we have on our phones, you can, uh, it shows where you've been, but no one else knows the information stored on your phone. Uh, so they were very concerned about privacy in re- and acceptability because of that. So we can demonstrate that these things are private, therefore you can do this and we won't be tracking everywhere you've been and so on. So, uh, Why you know. would you be concerned to be so private that you there's, would not want... There's, people feel that there are privacy issues within the same way as not wanting your health records be available to everybody, prospective employers or insurance companies or whatever. There's, there is a big concern about individual privacy and state monitoring of people and how far you can be tracked and and so on for whatever reason. You might say, well, you'd only be concerned if you were doing something criminal, but then it's a, you, you'd think rather differently if you'd lived in a police state, for example, or say, well, how long can we trust the government to be beneficial and not misuse this information? These are concerns that people have, even now with all the, the IT and the extent that we can be tracked so closely through our phones and GPS and, and so on. But we can be tracked through our transactions. Yes. Uh, and so, those are, I think, probably more of well, a the, privacy the, the, issue. This depends if the government has access to, or uh, if and when the government has access to bank records or whatever you've spent money and so on. And again, the, these are areas of major debate. Are we losing mm. a lot in terms of individual privacy and the enhanced extent of monitoring that can be undertaken? Uh, mm-hmm. And is that safe for people? Do well, we want to give away those freedoms? And it, Certainly when I was involved in the, in the health sector and they were talking about great benefits from a national health database, but the significant concerns that people would have, and not just that, but would people be prepared to participate? Or you know, Are you going to go to the, the doctor with various issues 
if you're going to find this is going to go on a, on a database that all sorts of people can access, and you might not want it to be available to those people. True. So we've wandered a bit far from the idea of local government and um, well, what it's the, 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 extent, it's the extent to which you can set up systems. There's the, the contradiction between having massive information on individuals and privacy and individual freedom. So the question then is, and, and the issue that was actually debated in New Zealand with the, the COVID tracing and so on, the balancing of privacy and individual freedom and an effective monitoring system. And, and there is a, a conflict. Perhaps it's more important that there's an opportunity for an individual yes. to put up their hand to and say, help, help. But rather, rather yeah, yeah. than the other way around. But so a, a few years ago, maybe only three or four, um, Palmerston North actually had a system where you had your photograph taken and you were given a little card, yeah. identifying card. Now that was who, facial who, Palmerston North City Council. Yeah. Oh, that, for the staff, you mean? No, no it was no, for no. everybody. For into everybody. The into the museum for free. Yes, it was uh, for free. It, it gave you an identification oh, card. Oh, you give up some personal freedom in return. But people had, I think, within it, and I can be shouted out and yelled down and prove wrong, but I was a bit concerned then about facial identification. Yeah as part of that, yes. particularly when we see that in Britain, particularly, yes. oh. all the cameras and things, yes. are the yes. CCDs, which is happening all the time. Um, the, should councils be doing that? Well, it well, was it, voluntary. You didn't have to. No, have but they withdrew it, didn't they? Yes. Did they destroy? Well, it, it's, they it's destroy an issue as data? well. For example, with uh, 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 with with some computers, you get you can log in through facial recognition, but it then means that Google or whatever has repeated uh, images of, of you and your face and so on, so that if that was then applied elsewhere, they could apply it to security cameras or whatever and say, yeah, I recognise that person. Okay. Well, I think just to get it back to local councils, was that something that they introduced without necessarily having um, all the information required and then they now, then they disbanded it? I suspect it was more a financial thing because it was free admission to... Yeah. Various things. Because I think that too many um, things actually do seem to happen whereby they trial it and then there's um, different... And yeah. people like you object and they stop. I'm collecting <laughs> this information, yes I am, yeah. Okay, so... Yeah. So, so well, what sort of now you said that there's uh, an election coming up, you yes. think there are so much... Do you think that local government... It is doing a good job or is it failing? Could it be made better? I think it's absolutely failing and um, the reason I think it's failing is because we gave away um, the power of um, the electors because 
Um, we chose to um, not um, be more forceful in saying what we wanted because at the time when um, this was being argued, people were not putting in submissions because they were quite happy that things were ticking over okay. We didn't want to be spending a lot of money. And I think it was Sir Brian Elwood that alerted us. So you're going back. I'm going 40 back. Years, 40 years. 40 years, yeah. Well, maybe not quite that. So the local years, population yeah. was sort of yeah. complacent. Yeah. Yeah. Things were all right. They yeah. weren't making yeah. waves. Yeah. yeah. And they blew it. Yeah, cause because we were then told that, well, if you um, aren't going to make submissions, then there will be council will then be uh, working out the big plans about things that will be happening. And well, how effective is a submission process anyway? You get a few vocal people lobbying together on a specific sub-issue that they're pushing through. They think, oh, if we get all of our group to make submissions, there's this great weight of stuff. It might be a complete minority of the population as a whole. Most other people don't even know that point is being pushed. And then on the receiving end, say, oh, we've got to respond because... X percent of the submissions are saying they want this. Well, you're quite right because um, submissions, I think, normally uh, out of a population of what 900,000, we might get say 250 submissions on anything in the 10 I think year it's 90,000, 80,000 to 90,000. Okay, yeah. okay, well, yeah. around that figure. So, yes, um, you know, people are, I think, quite complacent. So then we um, have to accept then that part of what... So, so what they should do instead of looking at submissions is have the American-type structure, lots and lots of referenda in there. So you're voting on the councillors, and there could be 50 points, so you're in favour or against each of these particular things. Would that be a better way, do you think? I personally think we're too small uh, you know, a country to be developing it that way what I do we have referenda where you're well, saying people have instead of having a vote on the councillor you have several votes on the range of issues you can express your preferences far more clearly that way surely okay okay I'm afraid it's not something I'm really familiar with but um, I would I, I'd quite like the idea that the government are now pursuing what they are suggesting is professional um, more professional people at, at councils. You mean uh, as councillors uh, or well, on the staff? Well, that was the thing. When I read the, the paper that came out about this, um, it struck me as what they were wanting was that because there was money being offered for education for this purposes. But I thought, now this is for councillors, and I do hope they take it up yeah. and become, you know, much more clear in the view and understandable things that are happening. But blow me down. I discovered that it was actually the Palmstore CEO who was actually doing the course. Well, that's... So it's for council staff? It's council staff, yes. So, well, that might be relevant in terms of legislation, change legislation, what's required for implementation by council staff, or if there's different planning responsibilities for local authorities, you need to make sure that there are staff who are suitably trained for fulfilling those responsibilities. What did concern me, though, was I thought, well, if this is for council staff, 
and we have just got rid of hospital boards, elected hospital boards, really, do we need elected councillors if we're going to have professional staff running councils? That's because there's two different obligations. There's the, the whole issue of one is implementation and the other is the uh, uh, governance. Governance. That's diff- a distinction now, in rules. Let's look at governance. Yes, that's true. We've got governance and we've got management. Management should be putting things to governance and governance should be approving yes or no. But we don't seem to have that here in Palestine. I seem to recall that, um, uh, for example, Chris Theo Shirell, who Mm. took his role as an overseer, etc., etc., of proposals, um, was ridiculed because he would go to meetings with little post-it notes through all the things that council staff had put forward. Other councillors would groan because they said it kept them in meetings. Exactly. Uh, The newspaper even ridiculed him. Yet from my point of view, regardless of whether I agree or don't agree, with Chris's uh, politics necessarily or what he said he was working as a councillor should Should. exactly exactly and And that's that's just not what doesn't happen anymore this is part one of two listen next week for part two thank you for listening to Manuatu Conversations This and other recent programs can also be found on the Manawatu People's Radio website and a range of programs is also available on the Manawatu Heritage website of the Palmerston North City Archive. The address for that is manawatuheritage.pncc.govt.nz If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show.